Shalom everyone and welcome to this video. Today we are excited because we're doing something new, something different. We'd like to talk to you all about relationships, how to find the spouse that God has called you to. How what how do we judge? How do we discern who is really the person that God has for us? And what do we do while we're waiting? What do we do while we're single? Is it bad to be single? Some people may want you to think so, but the Bible also has a lot to say about that. And what ultimately, what is our purpose? What is the purpose of marriage itself? Uh, today, we live in a culture that is all about, you know, um, sex, love, relationships, um, get married, uh, a lot of things, a lot of mixed messages, a lot of confusions. Uh, but I believe that the word has actually got such a simplicity for us, such a beauty for us that has such freedom for us if we're willing to listen and follow the simplicity that God has laid out for us. And so I'm excited today. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Christina. Uh, Christina, you ready for this? Yes, absolutely. And I also have two wonderful friends, Xavier and Rebecca. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Good to be with y'all. Yeah, good to be with you. Awesome. So, uh, guys, I think uh, we should start this conversation with uh, probably one of the most common things that we see. Um, I have oftentimes seen people ask this question, kind of in, in open forums and so on, is, okay, you know, they're, they're a believer, they're, they're a Christian, they're going to church, and now they have a love interest, right? Someone who... Who, who likes them, maybe they like them back and they're wondering, well, should I pursue this relationship concerning the, but, but however, this person has, is not a believer, mm. this other person that's interested. Now, what do we do with a situation like that? Because I'm sure that that's something that, I mean, we've probably faced ourselves and uh, people are facing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. And I've got some personal experience as well. Um, so the apostles do tell us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And so as a general rule, like 99% plus of the time, that's going to be just a no if the person's not a believer. And uh, I actually did this a long time ago. I kind of missionary dated somebody who eventually did become a believer, but it was a very stressed and strained relationship, not to mention it was mostly fleshly. Um, so... If somebody is an unbeliever, the general advice from the word is just to not get involved in that relationship. Um, mm. Now, it's different if, you know, they're a believer, but, you know, maybe not quite at a certain level, like a level that you are. Not that we're better than one another, but they do need to have a genuine faith mm. like this. That's powerful. Mm. And. So you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're at just completely different spiritual levels. Like let's say brand new believer and longtime believer. Of course there are exceptions, but I think that's the general rule. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's a big thing too, is you just mentioned missionary dating. That's kind of funny. I never heard that before, but, but <laughs> that's common. Like, you know, we've seen, um, uh, you know, this idea of, well, you know, I, I, they're not believers yet, but I'm sure that I can show them Jesus and then they come become believers and then we'll have a good time or I will be married and everything's good. And we go in with this idea. 
But ultimately, you know, the question is, is that really God's heart for us? Is that God's best for us? Uh, and, and I think that the answer is uh, not, uh, let me first preface this with saying, I think that it can happen and it has happened, but mm-hmm. is it God's best for us? Likely not. Um, you know, when I think of who does God desire for us, we see that, well, he would likely want someone equally yoked because that's a biblical principle we see someone who is on the same kind of spiritual level and ultimately someone who is on fire as we hopefully are. And usually I think that a, a honestly just for, I think we, we should all just be honest with one another here about this is, is if we are looking to figure out, you know, is this person, um, uh, a, you know, they're an unbeliever, but yet I'm trying to pursue them. And, or they're lukewarm, but I'm trying to pursue them, that may say a lot about us, actually. It may actually say that we need to grow more if we are willing to settle for someone who is lukewarm or someone who is an unbeliever. Uh, I think actually that that's a sign that we need to be like, wow, God calls me to be on fire and to go for a look for a spouse that is on fire as well. You know, speaking from my own experience, um, I also sort of, in a similar way to what Xavier shared, you know, there's people I met in the past that like, okay, they went to fellowship, they went to church, they were Christians, they were believers, um, and they they loved God. And so I would be like, I'm a person who's like, okay, let's talk about theology and scripture, let's go deep and let's talk about all these cool things and, you know, Sabbaths and festivals and challenge these, you know, um, things. But something I discovered was that I was doing a lot of the talking and um, a lot of the, you could say, teaching. And it was very one-sided. And it was that realization that, of course, they loved God. But there were some that I encountered that there was not a hunger, I guess you can say, for God. It was was a going through the motions. And that it was unequally yoked in that way. I wanted someone that I knew was running after God on his own, irregardless of what I was saying and I was checking up on them and whatever, irregardless of me, if I was not in that person's life, would they be running after him with everything they had on fire for him Mm. and someone that I could learn from as well? Yeah, that's a big deal. Like you want someone who's going to challenge you. Yeah. You want someone who's going to push me further. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and I think that, you know, whether you're a a man or a woman, you know, I I can speak as at least for as a man, you know, I want a wife who's going to challenge me, who's going to prove me wrong sometimes, who's going to like help me to be the best I can be in God's kingdom, not one whom I'm going to like have to try and just come along like we're we're trying to work kicking and screaming (laughs) yeah like they're they're not on the same you know wavelength at all and it's kind of like do not um like that that commandment in the torah of i don't put an an ox and a donkey uh, yoked together it's kind of like their temperaments are so different it'll be a struggle yeah yeah it's exactly the same do you guys have any thoughts to add on that yeah i mean i remember praying for just I, what I saw, similar to what Christina was saying, like a, a lot of men that lacked fire, maybe <laughs> would be. And uh, and I really, I was, it was sad because I was like, is it like this with, you know, everybody? And I think it's sometimes they just need a reason to ignite that fire too. There are a lot of men who are discouraged or I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what leads to that, but um, that is something I, pray, I prayed for. I was like, you know, I, I really want 
a man that has his heart on fire for God. That's just really important. And not just coming to congregation, coming to fellowship, just to be there or just to be around people or just to socialize. <laughs> um, I, uh, I wanted, you know, really, I desired that equally yoked, you know, and uh, I'm really blessed that, <laughs> to say that, that uh, God gave that, <laughs> gave that to me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And I think to add is you want that, that, fire to be authentic like Mm -hmm. like because i think a lot of times it's uh i know with men especially you know i've witnessed this happen is they they like the girl the girl is as as they would say she's very religious and so they would put on a show put on a face go to church uh look all neat and tidy you know but of course that's something that cannot be sustained into marriage and that's something that i would say women especially need to i mean it can happen both ways of course but women need to look out for really trying to discern and pray. And I think that this is really something that the Holy Spirit needs to illuminate and will illuminate to you mm-hmm. if you're looking for it. Um, but you need to be willing to hear that from God. Absolutely. Because like they say, you know, love or mm. lust or infatuation is blind. And sure. in my own experience, I met guys who could say all the good Torah stuff and have these deep conversations, which were great, but yet their hearts were not where they should have been and there was stuff going on in their lives secret sins that were a massive issue (laughs) with their relationship with god actually but they had a lot of knowledge and we need to be careful of that people can say all the right things but where is their relationship and their heart actually with god and that's something we need to be talking with the holy spirit be listening to his voice even when it's saying stuff we don't want it to say like actually stop sign he's not the one um you know Whatever that is, we need to be listening to the Father's voice in all things. Mm. Yeah, it, it, like addictions or sins that are ongoing, mm-hmm. you know, those are big red flags. If there's someone who's who you're looking at, but they're struggling with pornography. I mean, if you're struggling struggling with pornography, you're not on fire. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just how it is, right? If you're if you're struggling with like massive issues, of, and those things that need to need to be ironed out ideally before a, a covenant is entered into. Because whatever like someone is struggling with when they're single is going to be ten times worse when you see them being married to them, because you see you see them before you now as they are, you know. Exactly. Like there have been some people. I grew up in a a kind of conservative environment where there was a sort of subliminal teaching or message that if you have any struggles in like sexual areas, you know, pornography, that will all be fixed if you just get married. Oops, no. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Have you experienced that? Yeah, yeah I would say that is a very common misconception and I, I second everything you guys said. Um, And I think this really goes kind of segues into the conversation of what are we supposed to be doing while we're single Mm -hmm. and married? But the answer to both is being a bride for Yeshua, Jesus, you know, our Messiah. And he's coming for a pure and spotless bride. And that doesn't mean we work to earn our salvation, but being saved already, you know, we are to allow him to sanctify us. And Mm -hmm. that certainly includes those areas. Those are very important areas. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, well, um, not just men, but women too. <laughs> women can have 
similar issues that aren't ever really talked about. And so to have men around and women around women, you know, and men around men to to help men through these issues and to help women through these issues, that's really important um, to because sometimes it's just it's just swept under the rug and not talked about and hidden. And uh, some people feel too ashamed to talk about it or to share and to try to find help. And so that's something else that I've seen. It's really important, you know, to be able to confide in brother or sister and confess your sins one to another. And uh, that that is that is super important and definitely not something you want to bring into marriage. You want that to be you want to get that taken care of before marriage and uh, really you know, work on that relationship with Yeshua and become a, you know, pure and spotless bride and have him wash you of that sin. And so, yeah, mm. those are my That's wonderful. Mm. That's awesome. You know, while we're on this topic of like, while, while we're waiting, you know, if you're mm. single and you're waiting, um, I think there are like a few dangers that can creep in in that area. And I'd just like to discuss a few of those as well. You know, on my, in my mind, for example, um, impatience, is a huge deal right this this feeling of well will i ever mm -hmm. find someone especially as we get older and what happens if i don't and then we get anxious and we get uh and we start thinking well maybe i can maybe my standards are too high right mm -hmm. and then it's like maybe i should lower my standards and ultimately when we're going into that compromising position, then we start looking to some of the things we looked at, talked about earlier. Maybe we'll, you know, settle for someone who is not as on far as we are for God. But I want to just say to anyone who's who's there, like thinking about that, like, don't worry about that. Like if, if God has grown you into a place of a certain maturity, let him find you the spouse at that level that can meet you there so that you can be wonderfully used for his kingdom. Instead of settling for less, now God has done all this in you and now you're settling for someone who is not on this level because you want to get someone and now they're just pulling you down. Now you're being held back. Now all that God has shown into you is, is being compromised by someone who 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 isn't where where you are who isn't equally yoked and you know also one thing that we can fall into i know i i struggled with this when i was single i mean i i waited a little longer i think than uh, many <laughs> to finally meet you but that was god's perfect timing i saw all my friends getting married and getting into relationships and having their boyfriends <laughs> girlfriends and dating and all that stuff and people get married and friends having babies and here i am <laughs> i'm still single but um God had his perfect timing. However, there was the feeling of I'm not good enough to have someone and maybe there isn't anyone for me because I'm I'm just not good enough um, for anyone and maybe not even really in God's eyes. What would you have, I guess, to encourage others who are struggling in that? Yeah, you know, and I think that this is, I'd love to hear what you also have to say, Xavier and Rebecca, but you know, I see it as kind of uh, a thing where a lot of people have a personal insecurity and they may even feel like, well, if they really found out who they, who I really am, then they wouldn't want to be with me. You know, this idea of, of, because that's what, what a relationship is. A marriage is vulnerability. It's like everything that you could hide from people or is now going to be known by this one person. And that's scary, right? To a, a certain degree. So, you need to come to a place of realizing, well, God has has made you wonderfully and he's given you your 
your the things that make you very different and those things may be weird compared to you know what the norm is but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that's bad it doesn't mean it's something that needs to be hidden under a basket in fact maybe that's the very thing that needs to be shined and that spouse may be the one who's going to help you actually accomplish that in your life so uh, that's what i would say to that um don't be afraid of that vulnerability of whatever, you know, that thing is that you are afraid of. Uh, do you guys have anything, Xavier, Rebecca, on that? Yeah, I really think, uh, PD, that that speaks to just our identity in Yeshua, our Messiah. We are mm -hmm. secure and enough and worthy because he was and is those things. And we need to come to a place and, and pray and ask for help to come to that place where we can be single and happy, hmm. you know, and we need to come to that place. Ideally, not, not all of us do, but something that Rebecca and I both prayed for was to come to a place where our identity was solely in Messiah and his work on the cross. And even if he asked us to remain single for the rest of our lives, that we would be okay with that. It's a difficult place to come to. Mm -hmm. I won't even say and claim we came to it perfectly, but he definitely helped us get near there if not there mm. and yeah just adding on to what you said when yahweh our god does reveal you know the one for you they're going to accept you as you are you know provided it's all in his perfect plan and so there's there's a responsibility for us but then there's also just an acceptance that you know we'll never be perfect and so perfectionism is like that other end of the spectrum yeah. that we want to avoid. So we don't we want to avoid being complacent and, and idle, but also not a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, I think you have kind of two sides of a coin here, you know, kind of the uh, and we kind of touched on this earlier, you know, where you can end up compromising in some way or this idea that, you know, I feel insecure and then you don't get anyone, you're just too afraid of anyone. Yeah. Uh, but then there's this other side of having a, a too long of a list, I think, a list as in, you know, I think you had a list, right? <laughs> I did have a list. <laughs> How did you navigate your list? <laughs> oh, well, um, <laughs> Well, I know that as I was writing this list, I wrote it like randomly at different intervals over years. Um, thankfully, a lot of it was, it was, you could say maybe inspired by Holy Spirit of like, okay, I want someone who's on fire for God, someone, you know, who's um, running the race on his own, who's, you know, all these kind of things that, you know, they were good. I had some other minor things. Like, like what? Like, <laughs> dear God, can you have an accent? <laughs> oh, you got that one. <laughs> I know. Isn't it amazing? Um, God is... Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, but it was also, I guess you can say surrendering <laughs> some of these little minutia, these little things that are like, oh, this would be cool, this would be nice. But in the end, what is what is the most important thing? Mm. That he is running after God, that he's on fire for God, and he loves him with all of his heart. Uh, when no one's looking, you know, in public and private and all of that. And mm. that's what's most important. That's great. I think that if we see a spouse as an accessory to our own life, then we will have a very strict list of he needs to have this, 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 and this because he is like my my show off. My and we we you know this can go both ways. Men or women can do this to each other. Mm -hmm. 
But if our if our eyes are fixed on Yeshua and the calling he has for us, then there's a a deeper look at what is most important for that calling and for his kingdom. Right, right. So good. Yeah. Anything you guys have on that? Uh, I did have, yeah, I was thinking about the settling and everything. And I, opposite of him, it was more like there was a guy that came around that he was a really strong believer. And sometimes you can settle in that sense too. Let's say someone is on fire for God, but let's say it's not the the path that God wants you to follow. And that can be really hard. You can be like, oh, am I, am I just being too picky? Am I, you know? And so it was a really hard time for me because I was like, well, you know, maybe this is as good as I'm going to get kind of a thing, you know? And it, and it wasn't like a terrible, but it wasn't, it wasn't God's plan. So after that situation ended, um, I remember thinking, I really just want God to choose my spouse. And that's when it come, came down to, you know, it doesn't matter how many lists or ideas or how many things I want. It was just like, I really desire God to choose my spouse. And so after that, I was really just, I really just kept my mind on that. I believed that he could choose my spouse. And some people might think, oh, that's just, you know, just for for some people. It doesn't happen with everyone. But really, it, if you really pray and seek, seek God and truly just ask him, please choose my spouse, he really will. He really will. (laughs) So, uh, Anyway, so as far as the the lists, um, I did have like, I guess in my mind, I had some lists, but sometimes someone can check off a lot of boxes, but it maybe not, not be the right path. So that's just a thought I had on that. Yeah. And tagging along with that, you know, the whole thing of being um, equally yoked, you know, with somebody who is a believer in Yeshua Mm -hmm. and just kind of running the same path. Well, there are lots of believers in Yeshua out there and there (laughs) even are more than we would think who are on fire. So that in and of itself isn't quite enough, right? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously there are lots of wonderful guys and gals out there, but we can't go marrying all of them. That'd be wrong. (laughs) So what, what we need really, like Rebecca just said, is for the Holy spirit to tell us who that's how you narrow it down you know, you, you, some of the lists can rule out people, but they can't necessarily rule in somebody because for that reason. And so this is where the spiritual gifts come in. And, you know, if you've been following Rise on Fire for any number of time, you know that, you know, they're super big into those and teaching those. And this is another reason why, I mean, for the second most important decision in your life after believing in the gospel, and and yeshua i mean we need to hear from god and one way can be through spiritual gifts like a word of knowledge Mm -hmm. or through the confirmation of others trusted in your life oh that's good man i love that you know it's kind of like uh, how rebecca was found right with eliezer coming there and what does he do like he doesn't just go for checklist do you meet my checklist you know of my master you know or whatever but he's He's saying, God, let it be the one that does this, that comes and fills my camels with water, right? So there's a, a, a looking to the Lord and saying, God, I will need to hear from you. You need to make this decision. And absolutely, Xavier, I think it's key. Like 
God needs to speak to both the women and the woman and give them a confirmation, give them a peace about the other person. I mean, I, we certainly had that. Uh, we came together from other sides of the world, literally. Yes. Um, but it was only God's peace that could have done that, given us and our parents that, wow, okay, this is God. So, you know, I think that that is not just a fairy tale. I think that this is what, this is actually the most, if you want to talk about romance, <laughs> this, you know, Hollywood has given you a whole bunch of things on this, on the left, uh, but God has something here that's so much better mm. and so much more wonderful if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to put down what you think, because ultimately we have a lot of ideas about what we want. Some of them are good, some of them maybe not so good. But God ultimately has this perfect person and for you, right, um, that is going to complement you in all the right ways. And you can't figure that out on your own. Right. And it doesn't mean that the person will be perfect in all things because, of course, yeah. we're all human. But like you said, we'll complement each other perfectly mm. to be able to be, in a sense, hand in hand, running the same race, going in the same direction with the same goals, the same priorities, instead of a constant tug of war kind of thing going on. Mm. So uh, Xavier and Rebecca, could you share a little bit with us about um, what, what your what your perspective is on dating, as as we see in the world, versus biblical say courtship or whatever you want to call that? Sure, sure thing. Yeah. So so our perspective on dating is that. Well, dating and courtship both sometimes is that you're sort of trying to pursue one. And if one is a believer, then even with the dating, you know, he's trying to pursue somebody for marriage, but he's trying to determine compatibility, really. And so the dating is kind of like a trial run. Just we'll see if this works out. And um, and I'm not saying prayer can't go into that. Certainly, there have been plenty who, who have done that but it is still sort of a trial run. And courtship um, oftentimes is, is the same, but with like parental involvement. And then there are usually some strict rules that are set on that union. But usually courtship, people try to involve the parents more uh, and as well as others. And uh, it's, it's the label is not so much always important as is the, sure. the scriptural what scripture says, but so what we did and really pretty similar to what you did actually would be closer to what we would call betrothal. And betrothal is basically the initiation of a marriage covenant. We see this in Yeshua's relationship with us right now, right? We have entered the new covenant. We are married to him, but yet we do not see him face to face yet. That's when we consummate on wedding day, the marriage supper of the lamb. And so if we look at the model with Yeshua, then, you know, when he found us, he committed right away. And <laughs> hopefully we committed as well. <laughs> and so I think that that should be the ideal to strive for. And this doesn't mean that if someone has done it another way or hasn't checked all the boxes that their marriage is invalid, not at all. You know, he works with us. But I, I do think since marriage is a picture of Yeshua and his body, you know, the church, the, the assembly, that, you know, it would be wise to emulate that picture. So 
with betrothal and some people might even call that courtship, you know, but with betrothal, it's more like God tells you who you're supposed to marry. And then, you know, you approach the father or authority figure, and then you approach the person and then you ask that person to marry you. <laughs> Once you have all the spiritual insight you need from God, others, and whatever he's just shown you in your, your own life. So that's a brief, we can get a lot deeper, but that's kind of a brief overview of those different uh, perspectives. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was definitely very different, uh, in that from, from what we typically see and that, yeah, you know, we, very we different from the dating model. Yeah. We, we pursued God's heart all the way through. We involved our family members. Uh, well, we, we really needed to. Uh, absolutely. With us being on different sides of the country and who is this African guy? Yeah. But, no. but, but it's not just for our situation. It's for all people. Yes. I think that if your parents are really unsure and ladies listen up, <laughs> if your dad or mom, or they're really unsure, it's likely a red flag because I believe God has given um, sp a spiritual insight to parents regarding spouses, the potential spouses. And we need to really respect that and honor our parents in that way. Uh, yeah. It's also wise to involve like spiritual mentors as well. Um, and yeah, God will bring confirmation, you, you know, very, very clearly. There's not going to be any muddy waters like, oh, is God confirming this or that? It's going to be extremely clear when he confirms something and he'll be confirming it to not just you, like, oh, I had a dream and he's my husband kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> but confirming it to others who are strong in the faith that actually, you know, there's something here that's, you know, beautiful and there's something God desires to do with these two people. Um, but like you guys said, that betrothal model where it's seeking God's heart first and then God unites these two people. And a lot of their getting to know each other, in a sense, happens as they've already committed together that, you know, this is something God is calling us to. We're both you know, on, you know, on fire for God. We love him. We're running after him. And we're making this commitment to basically come together, not, not like you said, um, officially in an intimate way, but to have that betrothal, that, that marriage in a sense. But then you get to know each other even more as you are in that committed relationship, um, emulating really what Yeshua has with us as his bride. Mm. Ah, that's beautiful. awesome. I love that. So, you know, to make it simple for anyone who's listening or more practical, I guess, is, you know, we see it as there's French, there's a friendship, right? And then from that friendship evolves a marriage instead of a friendship and then we kind of test it out and we kind of see if we're compatible. I mean, these days it's, you know, even you've even heard in the world things like, well, you need to see if you're sexually compatible before yeah. you marry, because, you know, how would you know that it's going to work out? You know, because that's what in, in, from their perspective, what is going to sustain a marriage? What is what is a marriage is all about and so forth. And, and this is destructive, of course, when we go into, into that mindset, it is even if it sounds good, it sounds logical, it sounds wise, it's in contrast to the word because it is sin and it will bring destruction in our marriage. Even mm -hmm. if you end up marrying that person, there will be there will be consequences, they will be hurt. And, um, and especially if you if you don't end up marrying them, which usually you don't if you if you pursue that kind of a model. So it only causes 
brokenness and, you know, the rejection as you go from one person to the next person, that kind of dating culture where you're going on a Tinder, you're looking for someone not to be a friend and mm -hmm. running after, you know, similar things together, you know, God, but you're looking for a romantic interest to meet your needs, to satisfy, to, to make you feel fulfilled or whatever that may be. But when you, yeah, establish a friendship and have God be the center, actually he can create something beautiful out of that or maybe there's nothing there, but that's all right. God will lead you and guide you and what that is meant to be when you have him as the center and the focus. Amen. Pretty good. Do you guys have any thoughts on that to add? Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, there's some advice in the Song of Songs. You know, it says to the daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it is time or until it pleases. There's a couple different wordings there. And I think that the the worst example of that of violating that right would be testing people sexually, you know, as you've said. Um, but even on an emotional level, even just prolonged conversations and talking from, I think, both of our experiences mm -hmm. and a lot of people uh, we know as well, that can also stir up or awaken love. And we got to be careful about that um, because, you know, these are usually our, these are our brothers and sisters and Messiah we're talking about. And, we don't want to hurt them, even right. unintentionally. Right. Uh, that's good, man. I love that because ultimately we see a lot of games being played when it comes to romance and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and you don't want to be leading someone on. You don't want to and you know, this goes for both ways, but mm -hmm. don't then send mixed signals. Um, and if you're a lady and you're, you've, you consider yourself to have a flirtatious personality, be careful. You know, if you're if you're very friendly with men, um, but you're just friends, but you're very, very friendly, be careful because that can hurt um, them, too, because it, if you send a signal of interest, um, well, you know how men are, they could easily interpret that as even if you don't intend it that way, they can easily interpret it wrong. And so that's that's what's very important to just be very upfront, be very like transparent, be friends, nothing wrong with being friends, but Ultimately, if there is anything, right, you need to be upfront and be like, hey, um, is there anything going on here? And have that open dialogue regarding it to see whether there is actually something on both ends that could be moved into further in a biblical way. Or if there is something on one end, well, that needs to be identified because ultimately that could also hurt. I think what's also important, I think was mentioned earlier, is recognizing that the person you're talking to, you might be, you know, just friend with, you know, maybe you're, you're a teenager, or whatever that might be, they are likely someone's future husband or, or you know, wife. And when you have the realization that you could be talking to someone's future husband, you know, you know, as a woman or you know, as a guy, someone's future wife, there needs to be respect. There needs to be something that, if let's just say that person's spouse went back and read your conversation or or, or were there kind of like as you guys were talking would that be something you'd be ashamed of right mm. would it be something that it'd be like okay actually it's fine because everything is totally above board god focused and public settings and all of that you know what is that mm. what does that look like that's really good uh so yeah do you guys xavier rebecca do you guys have any concluding thoughts regarding all any of this i think that's i would just say Trust in a multitude of counselors yeah. um, because there's wisdom there. Something that both of us did was we 
we were both praying about each other independently. Um, and so we both confided in a lot of people. I confided in you too, you know, and um, a lot of, there was a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people who had already came to the same conclusion. Yeah, I think you guys are supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. And so there's that. Um, you can, you know, ask God for certain things. Like if we know what a fleece is, you know, it's something you kind of say, like Rebecca set a fleece for me, you know, please reveal him, reveal me to him by the end of Feast of Tabernacles or Soon within, after. yeah, within two months later. And he did, you know, now we got to be careful not to test God as well. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he does, he will sometimes answer in that way. Um, I would say pray as it's kind of been mentioned earlier, but pray for the parents of the other, you know, potential interest, interested party, uh, especially the father. I think one thing I did was I really um, didn't trust myself too much. So I told God to reveal, you know, my future spouse to people around me. And uh, I almost, you know, prayed like, and don't reveal her to me, but reveal her to everyone else because I tend to mess things up. <laughs> um, but yeah, trust in a multitude of counselors. Yeah, awesome. yeah I would. I would second that. <laughs> yeah, like I remember, um, I think I had mentioned it to you guys, but how God put Rebecca on my heart, and this was a while back now, and there was a sort of just random thought that came to mind, and it was like, you know, Rebecca is on fire for God. She has such a, a beautiful, sweet spirit. And Savior, huh? Huh? You know, I, I wonder, they, they would be, they'd be perfect together. And there was this random weird thought that came to mind. Um, and you guys, you know, you didn't, I don't believe knew each other. Maybe you did. Um, I didn't know, but um, there was that thought that came to mind that I wonder, and almost that sense of peace that it, it would happen, but I, I couldn't say for sure. So I guess that was Holy Spirit just saying. <laughs> he gives confirmation. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll just conclude with this. Um, I think that the, one of the biggest dangers of these feelings of love and infatuation and whatever you want to call it. Um, it's dangerous in that it can blind us. It can make us look for, even though there are these signs that we should be, we're talking about, which is valid. We need to be looking at for those uh, from the Lord and so on. Um, but be wise and careful regarding what you want to see versus what is actually being told to you and shown to you. It can be easy to, look away from the red flags, look away from people saying, hey, I'm not sure about this and so forth. Yeah. Be careful of that and and trust that God works through people and then let him lead you. Let him be the one who makes that decision because then you'll be you'll be happy. You'll be happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as you're single, there's so much that God desires to do through you. It's not like this sort of, you're not in a waiting room of life where you're just waiting for everything yeah, to happen. Good. You're actually in a very important part and a season of your life that you're only gonna get in that season. You know, if God does bring a spouse and you know, maybe he doesn't, but if God does bring a spouse, things will look very different as Paul writes that you can oftentimes, you know, even do a lot more things, mm. you know, for God because it's, it's just you and him running right. together, you can say. Um, so 
use the season, run after him. And, you know, like I had to get to this place in my life as I was, you know, looking around, seeing if I could pinpoint who, who the person was. <laughs> God had to be like, ah, Christina, that's not what you're supposed to do here. That's good. Run, run mm-hmm. after me. And I started getting excited like, oh, wow, I can do I can, I can go here, I can go there, I can do all these things for God. And, you know, marriage is beautiful, but I started getting excited, like, what I can do with God, not just for God, but with God, like, alongside and Him. And you don't have to wait for someone to come. I didn't have to wait for someone to fulfill me or to make yep. me complete. I found my, my completeness, <laughs> my wholeness in Him alone, and it gave me such joy. And the question would be is, if you never found me, right, if God never had someone for you, ever if he if he said christina i want you to be single single the rest of your life mm. would you be satisfied with that it would probably take a little bit of like okay but yes you know you get to that point when you have to surrender everything because we always have to surrender daily but when you realize that god is your everything whether like uh was it joe that said you give and take away my heart will choose to say taken from the song, Lord, blessed be your name that no matter what happens if everything is stripped away you know hopes or dreams in the end, God's love is never changing. He is faithful for your love endures forever, as scripture says. And yeah, he he fills you up. In my time of singleness, I'm just, um, I was just so appreciative of that. Um, I just, I could really draw close to Yeshua and I had opportunities to go to Israel and three trips. And uh, obviously I had those times of like, oh, I feel so behind. Everyone's having children and, you know, getting married and I'm, you know, just right here. And then I would like snap back into it. I'm like, wait, no, God has me here. And uh, it's such an important time to just really let him just pour into you and and also prepare you for for marriage. If 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 you're supposed to be married. And I had to come to that point where I was like, okay, well, what if he doesn't want me to be married? There's this one one lady in my life and she's never been married and she's uh, in her 60s. And she is like such a, I don't know, she's such an inspiration to me and she pours into me. And so even that, I was like, well, I want to be her. <laughs> if, I, if I don't ever get married, I want to be, you know, in that position. So, but that time of singleness was, was really a good time. And I really, I learned how to draw close to Yeshua and just let him lead me in that season of life. So it may come as a surprise to those who don't know, you know, either our story or PD's story, either that uh, neither PD nor I actually had a ring when we proposed to our, our spouse. Don't tell them that. and um and i think the reason for that was just that when god shows you that this is who you're supposed to marry and when you have the parents approval especially the fathers then you just go for it because you have everything you need to know and you can get rings later you know you can date later Right. As we kind of talked about before, people often ask Rebecca and I, well, how long did you guys date? And we're like, well, we, we actually didn't date, but we're dating now. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it, it, there are definitely benefits to getting to know somebody, especially in a group setting, you know, over the years, huge benefits. But Rebecca and I really didn't know each other that well. Mm. You know, we knew a little bit about each other. And, uh, you know, we've, we talked a few times, but over the span of three years, we might've had, we probably had less than five or six 
conversations really like real conversations and so yeah just just trust in god when he reveals who you're supposed to marry go for it make that covenant yeah even if you don't have the ring <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean for me it was just i i didn't plan to i had my plans and, and it didn't include proposing at that moment in time because well we had just met each other in person like for a week not even a whole week. <laughs> okay, not even a whole week. And then God was like, one night, you're going to need to propose. And he put it on my heart. And I was like, what? And I wasn't <laughs> sure. But he worked on the hearts of her parents and family already prepared it. Oh, yeah. So by the time that that all happened, everything was ready. Yeah, I didn't have the ring. But we fixed that. So now everything's good. <laughs> but yeah, Xavier, I love that. It's a good, it's a good point. Uh, I think it's very valuable. People have probably... You know heard what you guys have had to say before but you, you might i mean we all the time get like well that's just you guys you know but like like you said earlier pd is like no this is this can be for everyone like god really can tell you your spouses so hopefully you know just the more and more couples this kind of happens to people can kind of just start to see okay it's not like just pd and christina or xavier mm -hmm. and rebecca you know it's he really that's his heart you know right so yeah, so good. we don't see that that often because unfortunately most people when they're young, you know, they're not just you know, statistically even they're not as on fire for the Lord when they're young usually. So they go get into, you know, marriages and things, but they didn't really seek the Lord. And I'm not saying it's not that, that God's plan for them to marry that person per se, but they just didn't follow that model then. So, yeah, you don't see that. So it's become so normal to just go on your own and figure it out that this kind of thing this these stories that we have are like well that's weird that's crazy um but yeah man it's exactly like you said if we that's why i think it's good to share it because then people can be like yeah uh that's actually possible maybe for me too you know right yeah. exactly mm. amen brown sisters whether you're single whether you're married it's all about building his kingdom that is the objective it doesn't change and so go home with that. Uh, pray about what we talked about. I hope this has blessed you. And, and really go forward and keep your eyes fixed on Yeshua. He is the one to look to, not this or that person. Who is it going to be? Who am I going to marry? Look to him and all seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added unto you. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys in the next video. Many blessings and shalom. Blessings and shalom. shalom. Bye. Bye.